0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: The following is a Podcast One
2: and Reels Channel presentation. This program contains graphic violence and sexual situations. Viewer discretion is advised.
0: His atrocities are shocking, even for a serial killer. His crimes sounded like something out of a horror movie, but they were frighteningly real.
2: On the outside, he appears to be a quiet and unassuming neighbor.
3: People think to kill that many men, he must have fangs and so on. No, he didn't. But on the inside,
2: he's a monster with an insatiable desire
3: for sex.
4: He was a necrophiliac. He liked the notion of having sex with dead bodies.
3: Murder. He actually dwelled into the skull of one victim, hoping to make him a sex slave. And even cannibalism.
1: The cannibalism began because he was looking for a way to keep his victims with him. I have to start eating at home more.
2: When his crimes are finally uncovered, police find an apartment-turned-slaughterhouse.
0: When police were searching Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment, one of the cops opened the refrigerator and found a
5: severed head.
2: And neighbors realize they've been living next door to a madman.
5: We were all standing outside the building watching them, you know, bring out all these boxes. And then then I made it my point to talk to the arresting officers. And he would go to the apartment and he would come back and he would tell me we found 11. He would leave, he would come back and say we found 15. And I was wondering if this was ever going to stop. Meet Jeffrey Dahmer.
2: Need a list. An introverted young man with few friends whose terrifying private thoughts were known only to him. Until murder made him famous. In 1991, the revelation of Jeffrey Dahmer's incomprehensible crimes horrified the world and dominated the news.
0: We thoroughly covered the case of Jeffrey Dahmer because it was like a real-life
4: version of Silence of the Lambs.
2: After his arrest, the so-called Milwaukee cannibal became instantly infamous.
4: I became familiar with the Jeffrey Dahmer case like most of America did. I watched it unfold on TV.
3: We have tentatively identified five other victims.
0: The crimes were so unbelievably strange that countless books and TV shows have been produced about Dahmer. Chevy Chase even poked fun at Jeffrey Dahmer's cannibalistic ways in a 1992 episode of SNL.
2: Dahmer's trial was a media circus that revealed every gruesome detail behind the murders, leaving the families of his victims devastated and hysterical. I hate you! I The world watched and listened in stunned shock as the extent of Dahmer's grisly crimes were uncovered.
1: He said the cannibalism began out of curiosity.
2: He was going to eat the hands and, and eat the penis. How did this shy young man become one of the
0: world's most horrific serial killers? There was no
3: question he had an interest in dead
0: bodies, animal bodies. Jeffrey Dahmer himself said that in a high school science class, they were dissecting fetal pigs. And he was so curious about them that he took one of them home. Then he branched out to dissecting cats and dogs and touching their internal organs. So his fascination with dead bodies went back into his teens.
2: His parents fight often, and throughout his junior high school years, Jeffrey Dahmer is barely noticeable amongst his peers.
4: When you look at Jeffrey's childhood, particularly his time period in school, he was mocked and made fun of. He took those things and turned them around on his classmates and used them to be the clown.
3: I didn't have the feeling that he was a, normally a clown, that that was his natural, that he was to engage other students or to try to endear himself to other students.
4: It's an incredibly adept coping mechanism, but it also gives him some power over the other kids.
3: By this time...
2: Dahmer grows to six feet tall and starts lifting weights at home.
4: He was also struggling internally with the fact that he was a gay man. And society then, for someone who was gay, meant the world wasn't safe.
2: But being gay isn't the only secret Dahmer is hiding. He harbors dark fantasies, ones which he is determined to carry out.
4: In his late teens, Dahmer had become sort of obsessed with a gentleman that would run essentially the same path every day near Dahmer's home. He tried to figure out a way to be physically close to him, and the plan Dahmer came up with was to use a bat and knock him unconscious.
3: He felt the man would not have consented with him, which I think was probably quite accurate in that assessment. So he decided that he would use force to subject the man to his will so that he could perform such sexual acts upon his person as he wished to.
2: But the jogger doesn't run by that day, so Dahmer's plan is thwarted. For reasons unknown, he never attempts to attack the jogger again. To squelch his desires... Dahmer allegedly begins numbing himself with liquor that he sneaks into school.
4: Dahmer was actually very clever in his use of alcohol as a coping mechanism. I think the alcohol also lets you know the degree to which he was in pain and struggling, and the simplest way to deal with the world was to go numb.
1: Jeff, what are you doing? It's 8.30. It's my medicine. He drank. And his fellow students often said they smelled alcohol on him when he was in high school. Jeffrey Dahmer's story was a classic case
0: of, where the hell were the adults? He was drinking alcohol in class. He was cutting animals. And reportedly, no one said a word to him about it.
2: At home, Dahmer is virtually invisible, especially after his parents separate. His father, Lionel, moves to a nearby motel while Jeffrey remains at home with his mother, Joyce, and younger brother, David. Outside of school, Dahmer's obsession with animals continues.
1: All of the things that he did, he did in secret. Whether it was torturing animals, whether it was the animal graveyard he had out in back of his house in Ohio, where he displayed uh, the carcasses of, of animals uh, on posts and made himself a little graveyard.
2: On June 4th, 1978, Dahmer graduates high school. His parents' divorce is nearly final when his mother delivers a devastating blow.
4: Jeff,
1: uh, I've decided to move back to Wisconsin with your brother. I want to be closer to my family and my friends and... You start a new life. Jeff, promise your mom you
4: won't tell your dad where I am.
1: I promise I won't tell anyone.
4: Mom packed up herself and David and left. And left Jeffrey home alone in the house. And so you'd have to wonder what it would create in the psyche. Someone who is still their parent's child, that essentially he was abandoned by both parents. I think for him it was, I'm bad because she took David, but I wasn't worth wanting by either one of them. You certainly could see that you have a young man
1: who is drinking, who is closeted, who has desires that he knows are be not on the scale of what is normal, and now he's left alone. It was a recipe for disaster. June
2: 1978. With the house to himself, 18-year-old Jeffrey Dahmer makes his fantasy a reality when he picks up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks.
3: The fantasy is the father of the act. Fantasy can cause you a world of trouble and a
2: Dahmer has taken the first step to becoming one of the most famous names in murder history. On Father's Day, 1978, Jeffrey Dahmer succumbs to his fantasies and picks up a young hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks. I need
1: a lift? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get to Coventry. Yeah, I can thank you. Stephen Hicks was a hitchhiker. He was young, he was handsome, and he was Dahmer's type.
2: Dahmer initially claims he and Hicks had sex, although he will later recant this and say they only shared some beers. I gotta go. It's Father's Day. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it's, it's like 10
1: o'clock, and I told him I'd be home at 8.
2: So what? Just come on, man. Don't no, It's, it's been fun, but I gotta run. I'm sorry. Are you
3: seriously?
1: Stephen Hicks wanted to leave. And Dahmer did not want him to leave.
3: When he was fantasizing, he was imagining the act. And uh,
1: tragically, he acted on that. Hey, can you give me a ride? That was Dahmer's first murder.
2: With his first victim's lifeless body lying on the floor, Dahmer is finally able to fulfill his monstrous fantasies.
4: Once Stephen had expired, he masturbated repeatedly over the corpse and probably on the corpse. Then even during the dismemberment process, he became so aroused that he had to masturbate again.
2: Dahmer places Stephen Hicks' body parts in a trash bag and leaves with the intention of disposing of them at a local dump. On the way, he is pulled over for a minor traffic violation with Stephen Hicks' dismembered body concealed in the back.
3: The officer did not arrest him. I don't think he ticketed him either. Apparently, he didn't think Dahmer had been drinking or whatever.
1: I think you'll find with Jeffrey Dahmer that he had encounters with police on different occasions where he could have gotten caught, but he slipped through.
2: After the close call, Dahmer returns home and buries Hicks' dismembered body in the backyard. Shortly after, In August 1978, his father, Lionel, returns to the family home to find his son living alone, surviving on junk food.
4: Lionel immediately returns and takes possession both of the house and is more directly involved in Jeff's life, including kind of saying to him, we need a plan.
2: The plan includes attending college and later joining the Army. But Dahmer continues to drink excessively.
3: Went into the military, was overseas, in fact, and then became a very hard-drinking alcoholic and was put out of the Army.
2: When Dahmer is discharged, Lionel sends him to live with his grandmother in West Dallas, Wisconsin.
1: His father thought that living with her might help
4: him find a better path in his life than the one that he was on. His grandmother was devoted to him and thought he was wonderful and showered him with attention and affection. Um, She took him to church with her.
3: For the first time in his life, he was exposed to some religious thought. Up to that time, Dahmer had said he had received no religious education. Dahmer was
0: trying to pray away the gay and also the sick, twisted fantasies that he
3: had. I see
2: But even prayer proves to be no match for Dahmer's insatiable fantasies. And he starts to act them out on an unlikely object.
4: He stole a mannequin from a department store and took it home to his grandmother's in an attempt to make that work for him sexually, which shows that he knew how deviant what was going on in his head was.
2: Dahmer also acts out and is arrested for exposing himself at the Wisconsin State Fair and additionally for masturbating in public. The double life of Jeffrey Dahmer starts to take shape when he takes a job as a mixer at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Around this time,
3: he ups the ante on his strange sexual urges. He decided to get involved in gay bars and bathhouses and got involved with sexual activities with young men, uh, eventually drugging them. He wanted to have command over them. In the fall of 1987,
2: nine years after his first murder, Dahmer cruises a local gay bar looking for some action.
4: Part of... uh... Dahmer's particular predilections was that he didn't want a partner that responded physically, either through arousal or mutual stimulation. He wanted a partner that he could fully and completely dominate. <laughs> Dahmer didn't struggle with getting men interested in him. He was considered a honey within the Milwaukee gay community. And Dahmer had a very particular type. He liked men that tended to look like dancers, smaller, lean, muscular.
2: In November, the demons buried inside Dahmer resurface when he meets out-of-towner Steve Toomey at Club 219.
0: Dahmer met this guy at one of Milwaukee's gay bars, and he got a hotel room. His plan was to spike the guy's drink and have sex with him, but then things took a turn.
1: There you go. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: When the drugs take effect, Jeffrey Dahmer allegedly has his way with the incapacitated Steve Toomey. Dahmer claims he then blacks out from
0: alcohol. When Dahmer woke up in the morning, his arms were bruised. Steve was slumped over the bed and he was bloody. He was obviously dead.
4: Oh, my God.
1: He does not remember that particular killing. But what he had is he had a dead body that he had to do something with.
2: Dahmer purchases a suitcase and transports the body to his grandmother's house. He then dismembers the corpse, keeping the head as a trophy.
0: After his second murder, Dahmer was completely overcome with the compulsion to kill again. He said he didn't even try to stop it.
2: Two months later, Dahmer meets 14-year-old James Doxtater at a bus stop. Jeffrey lures his victim to his grandmother's house, killing and dismembering him. Doxtater's remains have never been found. In March 1988, the number of Dahmer's victims jumps to four when he strangles and dismembers 22-year-old Richard Guerrero in his basement. Taking his depraved obsessions a step further, Dahmer dissolves Guerrero's flesh in acid and bleaches his skull, later tossing it in the trash.
3: To this day, Richard Guerrero's remains have not been found. He was killing these people for an hour or two of sexual pleasure. When he set out early in the evening, he knew he's gonna target, he's gonna do it tonight, he'd get himself into the mood, prepare the drug, then go out on the manhunt. <coughs>
1: Eventually, these people would wake up, and he would have to kill them. And then he was left with the body again. So it became a process. Dahmer's
0: grandmother knew that something was very wrong in her home. But she was an older woman who was just trying to take care of her grandson. And she had no idea that Jeffrey Dahmer was dismembering people in the basement.
1: Jeffrey Dahmer was very good at being a serial killer if his grandmother asked about something. He always had the explanation, and he always had an answer for everyone else who would approach him about something that seemed strange.
2: Then, in September 1988, Dahmer lures in a 13-year-old boy with the promise of money in return
1: for photographs. Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, so I'm a photographer. I wanted to see if I can take some photos of you. I'm just doing a little photo shoot with some other people around the corner. We were looking for somebody about your age.
2: Dahmer drugs the boy, but before the narcotics take effect, something unbelievable happens that leads the police directly to the killer.
1: Murder Made Me Famous. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors.
2: This program contains graphic violence and sexual situations. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, how you doing? In September 1988, Jeffrey Dahmer lures in a 13-year-old boy under the guise of taking photographs. Dahmer's actual intent is far more sinister.
0: Dahmer drugs the boy, but before those drugs can take effect, Dahmer starts fondling him, which scares the boy, and he wants to go home. He goes home and tells his parents, and they go to the cops.
2: Dahmer is arrested on assault charges. But his parents stand by him, even
0: footing the bill for his attorney. It's a mistake. His attorney allegedly thought that Jeffrey was a bit off, but he had no idea that his client had killed four people.
2: But Dahmer is a killing machine who can't stop. He is convicted on second-degree sexual assault charges in January of 1989. Despite this, he takes another victim two months later while awaiting sentencing. A young man named Anthony Sears.
3: The grandmother's right in the same home, but she she certainly wasn't aware of what was going on.
2: Simply killing isn't enough for Jeffrey Dahmer. His crimes begin to take an even darker turn.
0: At this point... Jeffrey Dahmer was saving the skulls of some of his victims, as well as preserving some of the fleshier body parts. His deviant behavior was increasing to satisfy his twisted urges. Jeffrey Dahmer was spiraling out of control.
2: Dahmer fillets the body of Anthony Sears and dismembers it. He keeps the skull and genitalia, mummifying them in acetone and stowing them safely away in a box, or so he thinks. While visiting Jeffrey at his grandmother's house, Lionel Dahmer finds the suspicious locked box and confronts his son.
4: I found this locked box, and I would like for you to open it. Come on, Dad. Can I have anything that's private? Jeff, you know your grandmother doesn't want pornographic material in the house,
3: so I would like for you to open it right now. Dad, come on. Not right now. Jeff... If you do not open this box up, I'm going to take it down to the basement and get a screwdriver. I'm
2: sorry. I have to go to work. Can we just open it up tomorrow morning and I'll show you? Okay.
3: Okay. But I want this box opened up. Tomorrow.
2: Jeffrey takes the box containing the grisly trophies to work and keeps it in his locker at the chocolate factory.
0: At this point, Jeffrey Dahmer has been caught and let go and caught and let go. And no one even knows that he's a murderer. So if he's not going to be held accountable for his crimes, why would he stop?
2: In May, Dahmer is sentenced in the molestation case. He receives five years probation and a one-year stint in a work-release program that allows him to keep his job at the chocolate factory. He is also directed to receive therapy.
4: A really important component was he was supposed to receive substance abuse treatment during that entire year. The treatment was never made available to such an extent that his father wrote a letter to the parole board stating, my son's never received treatment, he's not ready to be released, please don't let him out.
2: Dahmer writes a persuasive letter to the judge requesting a sentence modification. The judge releases him two months early for good behavior.
4: His behavior was so unconcerning that they never explored any further than that, and they just took him at his word.
2: Now a free man, Dahmer moves to an apartment building in Milwaukee. It is located at 924 North 25th Street. Allegedly, a bad area of town.
4: Essentially, the neighborhood that Dahmer selected, and I think it's important that we not lose sight of the fact that he picked that neighborhood, that there was so much poverty, and it was rife with crime.
2: Dahmer's new apartment is conveniently located near the city's gay bars, making it easier for him to find potential victims.
1: He identified people that might be willing to take some nude photographs for him uh, for money.
2: Shortly after moving into apartment 213, Dahmer lures Raymond Smith there with the promise of $50.
0: Dahmer has a routine now. He drinks, goes to the gay bars, finds a guy and offers him money for photos, brings him home, spikes his drink and
4: kills him.
2: 33-year-old Raymond Smith has no idea that he's about to become victim number six.
4: Jeffrey is described oftentimes um, as being a sexual sadist, which is absolutely incorrect. He was a necrophiliac. He liked the notion of having sex with dead bodies. The problem that Dahmer struggled with more than anything is the process to make someone dead revolted him.
2: Dahmer strangles Raymond to death and begins a new demonic ritual, posing the dead bodies of his victims in suggestive ways and taking photographs
4: as keepsakes. Photography can become part of the fantasy, but it is also a way to relive the moment after the person's gone to sort of the metaphysical home. But I think for him was again part of the connection and part of the story.
2: Dahmer then dismembers the body, boils the flesh from the skull, and places the skeleton into a vat of acid. In June 1990, 27-year-old Eddie Smith is drugged and strangled, becoming victim number seven.
0: Dahmer wanted an unresponsive body to have his way with, a body that would never leave him. Murder only became necessary when they wanted to leave.
1: He found the process of dismemberment to be a means to an end. So he had the bodies, and now he had to get rid of them. But he wanted to save the parts that he enjoyed. The dismemberment wasn't a part that he necessarily enjoyed.
2: Approximately two months later, Dahmer meets Ernest Miller in the Milwaukee Business District. Jeffrey makes his typical offer, $50 in return for posing nude for the camera. Miller accepts.
4: He desperately wanted someone to be with him all the time, but he wanted that person to also be compliant 100% of the time. So the majority of his goals weren't death-driven. They were compliance-driven.
2: Within a matter of weeks... Dahmer kills 23-year-old David Thomas. He disposes of the body without keeping a trophy. With other victims' bodies, however, Dahmer does something for which he will become infamous.
0: Dahmer wouldn't just kill his victims. He would frequently cook and eat
3: parts of their bodies as well.
1: The cannibalism, Dahmer says, began because he was looking for a way to keep his victims with him.
3: It wasn't dining regularly on bodies. It wasn't a central focus. He didn't do this to get dead bodies to eat.
0: Jeffrey Dahmer was eating his victims because he found it sexually satisfying. But also in a sad way, it was filling an emotional need.
2: Jeffrey Dahmer's depravity knows no limits. And his crimes grow bolder, bloodier, and even more bizarre. Milwaukee police don't know that a serial killer has brutally murdered nine young men and shows no intention of stopping. Jeffrey Dahmer is perfecting his homicidal craft. He installs a video camera in his apartment, along with extra locks on the front door. He so
3: carefully disposed of the bodies, bodies weren't being found, so the police didn't know that we have a serial killer at large in our city. I can recall times when I would see him entering his apartment
5: and I, I kind of thought it was a little weird that he would look to the right and look to the left before he goes went into his apartment. That kind of made me suspicious, but not to the point that he was murdering people.
2: In early 1991, Dahmer's victim count hits double digits when he takes his tenth victim, Curtis Strotter, Dahmer desires to keep mementos from each of his victims. As a result, he sketches out a plan to build an altar from their skeletons.
0: Dahmer said he needed a place to go and collect his thoughts while he fed his obsession.
2: Dahmer's obsession with kidnapping and murder soon sinks to new levels of depravity.
0: Dahmer wanted guys who were completely out of it so he could do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted to them. So he started drilling holes in the head and pouring an acid in an attempt to create these zombie sex slaves.
2: Dahmer's first attempt at zombification involves 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. After his plan fails and Errol dies,
3: he tries again with 31-year-old Tony Hughes. He wanted sexual control. As he got more fierce in his activities, he actually dwelled into the skull of one victim, hoping to make him a sex slave.
2: Dammer drugs, Hughes, and attempts his twisted experiment once again.
5: I came home and I heard a saw going. A saw or a drill. As I entered the back door... Going to our apartment, I could hear Jeff in his apartment swearing, see what you made me do. And so when I heard that, I edged a little closer to his door because I wanted to hear the response of the person that he was talking to. But it was silent.
2: Dahmer's attempt to make a zombie out of Hughes is unsuccessful as well. So he strangles his victim and leaves his body in the bedroom to rot. Three days later, Dahmer picks up 14-year-old Conorak synthosymphone, who, by a shocking twist of fate, is the brother of the boy Dahmer had been convicted of molesting years before.
1: Busy? Not for you. You want to hang out? Take some photos? Dahmer took him back to his apartment
2: Look back over your shoulder at me
1: With the promise of money for nude photographs There you go Dahmer drugged him But once Dahmer drugged him He drilled a hole in Conorak's head (laughs) And injected muriatic acid
3: I think that and there's pretty clear Dahmer to quiet his own conscience, I believe, would drink before he actually did the killing.
2: After pouring acid into the skull of 14-year-old Conorak, Dahmer leaves on a liquor store run. Conorak is in such a stupor that he's unfazed by Tony Hughes's corpse, still lying on the floor from days before.
1: Conorak escapes. He runs out of the house. A woman in the apartment building next door to the Oxford Apartments calls the police. Emergency operator
5: seventy-one. Okay, hi. Um, this. Um, uh, I'm on 25th of State, and this is young man. He has been beaten up. He's
1: he can't stand. He has no
5: clothes on. He was
1: really hurt. So, the police arrive, and Dahmer is by now outside. Remember that Jeffrey Dahmer is the master at manipulating all kinds of people, even those trained with criminals.
2: Well, hey, what's going on here? This is a friend of mine. What? This is my house guest. How old is he? He's, he's 19, sir. Look, we, we've had a bad night, but I can take you back to my place and show you some intimate photos if you need me to. This is your lover? Yes, this is John Hamon. Now. John has had too much to drink. It's getting, it's embarrassing, but he gets like this.
1: He had drilled the hole in the top of Conorak's head and had injected him with muriatic acid. So Conorak was unable to speak. Are you serious? Where are you going with? Let him come God,
2: you know. Dahmer walks the police and Conorak back to his apartment. Unbeknownst to the police. Tony Hughes's body is decaying in the adjacent
1: bedroom. These are the photos I was telling you about, sir. And those are his clothes. Okay. Thanks for your time.
3: We'll leave you with your boyfriend now. Take good care of him.
2: In a chilling you, and now legendary error in judgment, the police unwittingly leave Conorak with his soon-to-be killer. And with no idea... There's a dead body in the next room.
4: And he had that degree of confidence that the police would believe him, not listen to this young child, and would turn around and leave that child alone with him, which they did. And even Dahmer reports that it was less than 30 minutes later that that young man was dead.
2: Dahmer takes the next day off from the chocolate factory to dismember both bodies. When done... He places the pieces in a drum of acid and keeps their skulls.
0: Jeffrey Dahmer's demonic killing spree exploded, and he began taking victims in rapid succession.
2: Killed next are 20-year-old model Matt Turner, 23-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger, and 24-year-old Oliver Lacey. Jeffrey Dahmer has hidden his murderous behavior for years. But his secrets will soon be revealed. And they will be darker than anyone could ever imagine. Jeffrey Dahmer is on a killing screen, losing all control over his sadistic demons. The foul odor coming from the rotting bodies in his apartment permeates the building, and neighbors take notice.
0: Jeffrey Dahmer told his neighbors that the stench coming from his apartment came from rotten meat from his broken freezer. But the truth was... It was the mutilated corpses of his victims.
5: The smell was so bad to where it woke me up around midnight or so, and I went to our front door, and I looked in the hallway, and that was the first time that I had ever seen death. I could actually see the stench.
2: Days after murdering Oliver Lacey, Dahmer is fired from the chocolate factory due to missing too much work. Shortly thereafter he meets 25-year-old Joseph Braedhoff at a bus stop and strangles and dismembers him in his apartment.
0: Then, on July 22, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer found Tracy Edwards outside a shopping mall and invited him to come back to his place to take some pictures.
5: Hey,
2: whoa! What are you? What are you doing? It's just something that I'm doing for the photos. That's hey, all. No, nah, man, it's not a big deal. No, no. Do you want me to take them off? All right. Let me get you a drink first, though.
1: What do you say? All right. I'll get you a drink first. Hold on.
2: Just lie face down on the bed.
5: Hey, man, I'm a friend. Then do what
2: I say, or I will stab you. I'm going to eat your heart. Tracy Edwards calmly spends the next five hours trying to befriend Dahmer. Edwards waits for just the right moment to attempt his escape. Tracy Edwards runs outside and finds a police unit. He tries to get them to remove his handcuffs, but they are unable to do so.
3: If the cops' keys had been able to get the handcuff off, that would have been the end of it. But the cops couldn't get the handcuffs off, so they will go back to Dahmer's apartment and and get the keys to let you out. This is the guy that cuffed me. He put a knife to my chest, said he was going to eat my heart.
2: (laughs) No, (laughs) I did cuff him, but... I got the keys in my bedroom I'll go get them No, no, no You stay here I'll go get them
0: Settle down. down. Jeffrey Dahmer couldn't talk his way out of this one, so he was taken away. And that's when the search for bodies and victims really began. Severed heads,
2: painted skulls, human hearts swimming in blood, an entire torso, severed hands, two skeletons, and 74 photos are among the
5: evidence police find.
0: Police were shocked at what they found in Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment.
5: We were all standing outside the building watching them, you know, bring out all these boxes. And then then I made it my point to talk to the arresting officers. And he would go to the apartment and he would come back and he would tell me we found 11. He would leave, he would come back and say we found 15. And I was wondering if this was ever going to stop.
2: Dahmer makes a full confession, and later tells the media that he's relieved his secret is out. Jeffrey Dahmer becomes a household name, and when the cannibals' once seemingly innocent home videos are leaked, his words take on new meaning.
5: Well, you're looking good. Well, I've been surviving mostly on McDonald's food. It's just so much easier just to pop into a restaurant. But,
1: yeah,
5: like I've said before, it gets too expensive, and... It does. I have to start eating at home more.
0: The media went crazy for this story. People magazine put him on the cover several times. It was an unimaginable horror story, but people couldn't turn away.
2: Dahmer is charged with 16 counts of murder. He isn't charged with his second murder, Stephen Toomey, because Toomey's body is never found. Dahmer pleads guilty, but insane.
1: And when he made his initial appearance... He walked into court, and he looked like your neighbor. He looked like the guy you see at the grocery store. He didn't look like the monster that had done what he was accused of doing.
2: Jeffrey Dahmer's parents give him a suit to wear so their son will look like a gentleman in court. Every day, the courtroom is packed with grieving loved ones of the young men who had fallen victim to Dahmer. To ensure that he doesn't have to gaze into the eyes of the victim's family members, Dahmer opts to not wear his glasses at trial.
1: Dahmer told the police that he wanted these families to have closure. Of Dahmer's 17 victims, none of those families would have known whatever became of their loved one had it not been for Jeffrey Dahmer's confession.
3: Well, sadly, one of the families, and your heart goes out. If you're a parent, your heart goes out to these people. One of them was a sister who could not accept that he was dead. In retrospect, he just disappeared. Where's my brother? What's happened to
2: him? The trial lasts for two weeks, and after several hours of deliberation, the jury returns with a verdict.
0: Dahmer was found guilty. And in February of 1992, he was sentenced to more than 900 years behind bars. When he was in prison, Dahmer would reportedly make jokes about his cannibalistic past and would even tell the guards, be careful, I bite.
2: On November 28, 1994, Dahmer is performing janitorial work in the prison gym showers with two other inmates, including Christopher Scarver, Also imprisoned for murder. Scarver confronts Dahmer with an article that details Dahmer's crimes.
1: JD, is this true? Is this true what this paper says you did?
2: Dahmer is attacked with a piece of gym equipment. Ironically, it is similar to the dumbbell he used to kill his first victim.
4: Prison officials in Wisconsin today continue their investigation into Monday's killing of mass murderer Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think a lot of people were shocked when they
0: found out that Jeffrey Dahmer had been killed in prison. Everybody sort of felt like that was what was going to happen.
2: Dahmer's body is cremated and his ashes divided between his parents. His possessions are destroyed and buried in an undisclosed landfill. The apartment complex where he killed 12 of his victims is demolished in 1992.
0: So if there's a lesson to be learned from Jeffrey Dahmer, it was that just because a victim is poor or brown or gay doesn't mean that their disappearances shouldn't be investigated with the same urgency as everyone else's.
1: As we see with school shootings or serial killers, or any incident anywhere in this country that gains international renown, none of the people that lived there thought it could happen in their community. And what we learned about serial killers is it can. That concludes this episode of Murder Made Me Famous. Don't forget
2: to go to Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com for
1: clips, extras, and more. And don't forget to subscribe on podcast1.com, the PodcastOne app, and Apple Podcasts.